Did you just say the bad word? I'm going to bleep that out. Don't worry. Hey, it's me, Amy Vallejo, with Social Creative Conversations. I don't know if you're new to Social Creative Conversations or if you join us for regular dialogues, but either way, I'm so glad to have you with us today. Our space explores the women behind many creative brands. We connect through conversation and stories because as you well know, we are more than just a pretty little tile on a social media platform. We live full lives with the complexities and beauty to share, to learn, and to grow from. And my hope is the sharing of our lives and learnings deepens our connections so much greater. Well, hello, friends. How are you doing today? I hope you're well wherever this podcast meets you. It's July already. Holy cow, where did the time go? It's been a while since our last podcast episode, and I'm so delighted to be back with a couple new ones, the first of which is with my dear friend London Tierney from Particle Goods. Particle Goods is a small batch candle and home fragrance brand located here in Seattle. They sell online at pop-up shops and various brick-and-mortar retail stores. They also are now at the famed Pike Place Market. So if you're in Seattle and you're visiting, make sure to check her out. London is a brilliant entrepreneur. She is an incredible marketer, a great candle maker, and a wordsmith. She writes all the copy for the candles. And imagine trying to convey how a scent smells over words. It's incredible. She draws from the landscapes of her childhood and through nature. Have you ever had that moment where you take a smell of something and it brings you right back to that exact time and place in your memories? Well, London does such a good job of that as she develops her fragrances. And as she shares her story on how Particle Goods got started, you'll hear how personally invested she is in the full development process because it was started out of a health crisis. She truly had to carve out white space for herself, for her health, and for her sanity. Every scent, every detail, every word that goes into Particle Goods has some connection to her life, and that is inspiring. In this episode, you'll hear some deep stuff, but you will also hear a lot of laughing. Clearly, London and I have a real good time, and at the end of this podcast, my cheeks were hurting. And then we had to go and record another bonus episode because it turns out we're both Enneagram 8s. We have different wings, but oh man, do we have some commonalities in the personality and behavior department. It is so funny. I encourage you to go listen to that bonus episode that follows this one. London has been a longtime supporter of social creative workshops. She has been a previous collaborator and pop-up market participator. And I am so excited to have her on board for this year's freedom movement. London is going to help us explore our summer scent and share how a scent can truly be powerful enough to transform how we feel. Listen, we talk a lot about candles and a lot about rituals and a lot of other fun things. And you can hear a little bit more about freedom movement at the end of the podcast. So for now, I'm going to quit yammering and let you listen to us yammer together. And I bet you'll laugh too. Enjoy. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. 
Okay, well, let's get this started. I am so happy to have you on, London. I am, um, of course, talking about London Tierney from Particle Goods. And I have had you on before. You were on a We the Makers oh, yeah. series with us. Actually, last year, during the pandemic, I was like, yeah. right, that, that's right. It was when we were not being around people. I was just, it was funny because I was thinking about things that we started during a pandemic, you know, like the pivots and all the things. I was like, oh, my oh I started doing that during mm-hmm. that year. How crazy. So anyways, it was so good to talk to you just a little bit about how you've started your, I call you the queen of fragrance because you just got it so dialed in. And I know that you went to, at that point, when I talked to you, you were mentioning that you were, you were in the works of going to sell at Pike market. Mm-hmm. You were about to do a fragrance, um, perfume intensive perfume intensive to learn more about that. (laughs) But um, also I'm really excited because you are going to be a part of our freedom movement, which Mm -hmm. is so exciting. And we're going to be, I'm, I've asked you to talk a little bit more just about scent and how it can transform our mood and behavior scent, you know, like it's so tied to memory and nostalgia, but also how we feel about ourselves and almost like how we prepare our bodies to feel later, whether it's incense or what we're putting on our bodies. So I'm really excited to have you be a part of that. For those of you who are like, who is this queen of fragrance? (laughs) I don't know her. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) It's you. Can you give us, well, actually, for those viewers who don't know where you're calling, we're on a Zoom and I can see that you're in your studio, which is actually new. That is new to you. So give us a brief snapshot on where you are, what your like, what a brief day in the life of Particle Goods is like. Well, it's funny because a year ago, uh, a brief day in the life would have looked really different. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so if you don't know anything about Particle Goods, we are a very niche, small batch candle and fragrance company. And I founded it in my house. And up until March of this year, I was running it out of my house. Um, we were a team of two, which was essentially myself and then one remote employee. And now suddenly as of this week, I was like, oh, we're a team of five. <gasps> Yay! So That's amazing. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around that. But, um, you know, the pandemic obviously changed a lot of the supply chain. That was a really big change for us. And it's still yeah. a really big challenge. So we got a larger space, which would allow us to do more capacity with less stress on my body um, yes. and also to be able to store more raw materials and just be more efficient. So yeah, I'm usually here, you know, probably four to five days a week. And then we're also down at Pike Place Market, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about. Yeah. So that is awesome. You're growing so much <laughs> and you have all sorts of, you have the oils, you have mm-hmm candles, you have incense and all sorts of different wonderful aromas that I love. And I was going to share just my story with how I found you. I shared a little bit on Instagram, but I was doing an experience and 
one of our instructors, Megan from Ruth Ryan Jewelry, was wearing, she had found you and she was wearing mm-hmm. salt, which I thought was my favorite, but it is not my favorite anymore. <laughs> Mesa is my favorite now. Um, although I'm wearing one right now because you do those sample, those little yeah. samples, which I love. And this one's more, I can't remember what, which one it was, but it's it's more spicy. I followed Megan around all over this experience. I was like, any opportunity I had to smell her or stand next to her. And she was like, okay, stop following me, you weirdo. (laughs) And she told me about you. And then I started stalking you. And that's how I started discovering. And then I just started ordering all the things and I got to know a little bit more about your story. And as you know, we kind of sat down and got to know each other. You told me a little bit about your story because of course you're an entrepreneur and you've had businesses in the past. You sort of had a health crisis, if we will, and then started particle goods out of this sort of ritual that you started. So tell us a little bit about that story. Like, yeah. So I always like to say that I think that scent is a really powerful connector. Yes. Um, And I think I learned that through this process where, you know, what you're, what you're talking about is in 2017, I had been finally diagnosed with this condition called chronic sinusitis, which is, you know, it's different for everyone, but for me, it was, it was literally, you know, every two to three weeks, if not, you know, two to three times a month, I had a very serious debilitating sinus infection. I mean, there was, I think a nine week period at one point that I was, I was just in bed for nine straight weeks. And it was like, I kept going to all these doctors and they would say like, oh, it's allergies. And I was like, this is, this is not allergies. So yeah. I finally was able to find someone. And in 2017, it was like, I have to get a handle up. So we ended up doing what was sort of an exploratory surgery. And the the doctor said, you know, I think I can give you about 40% improvement. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And as luck would have it, um, it was more successful than that. So I would say yeah. it's been about a 95% improvement. But I was really still kind of physically healing from this experience and realized like, I don't want to go back to the business that I had, which had been this like almost five years long screen printing business that I had been trying to build. And I think I just realized that I was like, I was the most anxious, depressed and burnt out that I had ever been. Mm. And I was like, I need to figure out how to navigate that. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, candles and incense are both a really great way to like both visually give yourself a cue that you might need to like, just take a pause. But I started trying to do meditation. Yeah. <laughs> I could not, I was like, this is really hard. Like, <laughs> was it the quiet of it? What was hard for you? I'm curious. I, mean, I think some of it is it's like the quiet and holding my body still. I mean, you know, I got like I'm an introvert, but I have a lot of big energy. Yes. And it's like, where do you put that energy? And so I was using Headspace, which I love and I highly recommend, but 10 minutes a day was almost agonizing. And so I I started using, they weren't mine. I hadn't been making anything at the time, but I found these incense cones that I really loved. Yeah. And so I would light an incense cone before I started. And I realized like after a couple of times of doing that, that every time I smelled that smell, it was like, okay, I'm ready to sit down and like do this thing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, can you just, 
this sort of like a Pavlovian thing. You can just train yourself <laughs> using scent, <laughs> which is probably what I need, right? I need, right. I need some yes. sort of like exterior regulation. So totally. I, I started to see that connection and also I could smell better. Mm. Like, not that I couldn't smell before, but it's like when you're sick, you know, you mm-hmm. can't really taste and smell things the same. Mm-hmm. And so that was also really overwhelming. I was walking through the world and I could smell things that it that was just, it was like, what is that? And I would like walk over and it was like, what is this flower? Like, what is this smell? I need to know mm-hmm. what this is. Yeah. Mm. So it sort of became this like ritualistic thing. I'm curious, just uh, how do you still do that now? Yeah. Pausing is really hard. And so- mm-hmm you know, you found that sense. Do you, well, I guess my question is how many candles do you burn? (laughs) How many candles did you burn in 2020? (laughs) A a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Luckily my husband is also really into candles and and into the incense. And so like, it's really cute because he constantly has to have a candle burning in his office. Yeah. And so he started working remotely, working from home. And so we were both home all the time, which was kind of a new energy experience for us. But yeah, yeah, it's like that was sort of we kind of created our own rituals in the pandemic. Like we started doing this sort of like, you know, hour at the end of the day where we would like light some incense and put on a record and just try to like kind of reconnect with each other and just decompress. Yeah, because you know, working in a pandemic is, it's not like normal working. It's everything feels harder. Everything feels different. And we wanted to kind of make space for that. Mm. And I don't remember how it happened, but at some point, I think I was talking with someone on Instagram and just, we were kind of talking about candle rituals and I was like, oh, there's a need for some of this. Like, and so I started doing these small batches of ritual boxes. I would find Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of one of a kind, cute little vessels and fill them with a a different fragrance, different from our normal line. Um, And then once they had sold, like I would write, I would like write out a quote to each person in the box that like, I just sat down and I just like thought of each person, even if I didn't know them other than like who they were on Instagram, Mm -hmm. just think of like something about them and send them a quote. And I remember there was, you know, one gal who is from Texas and she sent me a message when she got the box. And the the quote that I had sent her was love and loss share the same unmade bed. Mm. And she said, there's no way you could have known this, but like, I'm, I'm going through a separation. And she's like, it was just like the right the right thing that I right. need here. But I think that that's the thing is like, we can become really connected to one another through scent and through just the act, you know, the joint act of caring for ourselves using some of those tools. And I think that's what I really love about the community and about getting to like play around with new things is cool. Is this beneficial for you? Because it's really been beneficial for me. And how do we get some sense of connection out of that? Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's interesting. Just like, you know, just even talking about the power of scent because the influence it has over our memories, Mm -hmm. how we smell, I may smell something that you smell and it conjures up totally different things for me to you. I smell, you know, I was listening to, um, listening to some different podcasts just on the neuroscience between like Mm -hmm. of smell and how there is, I mean, I can't remember 
the count. I think there was like how many sensors your nostrils have to Mm -hmm. smell. I think he said like 400, just like in, you know, when you smell something. Yeah. And then, um, how we could smell the exact same thing and it will smell different to every single person. Um, and that comes from the history you have with those particular sense, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about the power of scent. I'm, I'm curious. I know y- when you think about your, the sense that you have, it comes from a place, you know, you talk about like, it comes from different landscapes or the things that you have done in your past. Will you talk a little bit about that? Tell our listeners a little bit about that story. Yeah. So yeah. all of our scents, I think, are really largely inspired by, I say, the landscapes of my youth. I grew up in Utah and then Washington and then Idaho. All very different. Um, but there was just something about being outside where I always felt the most comfortable, the most free, the most inspired. And so when I was thinking about like, what are the feelings that I want to be able to tap into that will make me feel like I'm able to express those emotions. And as someone that can be really difficult, like someone who is an eight, as you know, (laughs) tapping into those like self-connections and self-awareness can be kind of a challenge. And so I thought, what a, what a better way than to sort of explore these themes of love and loss and memory and grief through scent. And I think for me, it's been a really opportune, like opportunistic way of getting to put my whole self into my creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a scent, for example, named Mesa, which is mm-hmm. largely inspired by where I lived in Southern Utah. So it's my favorite Southwest mm-hmm. four corners area. It's just about an hour South of Moab. Mm-hmm. And a Mesa is a large red rock formation. And it just, I wanted something that felt like warm sun on your face. Mm. It's dry, it's spicy, it feels almost like ancient and weathered. Mm-hmm. And so that was the that was the first scent that I blended myself with me. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. I really loved hearing you talk because that's one of the questions I wanted to ask is how how does a scent get created? What, what it what's the inception of it? Like what do you think of first? Are you thinking of a landscape? Like do you close your eyes and see that scent drawn from your, you know, where you've been or like things that you've seen or a feeling you want to convey to people? What do you, if you had to put it on a vision board, like how do you even start to pull those together? Like what is the first thing that you think of when you want to produce a new scent? It's funny because I don't think that I have, I'm not the kind of person who like has a really clear laid out process in terms of like creativity. Yeah. Other parts like other things I definitely, ha- I gotta have a plan, but like when it right. comes to building a scent, it's very largely like, it's just from the gut, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. sometimes I have something in mind with Mesa. I definitely did. I thought like, this is a place that feels very special and very sacred to me. Yeah. And I want to find a way to kind of like honor that and share that with other people. But there are other scents that I think are just things that I have smelled certain components of and been like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of, you know, a thunderstorm in in Mm. Idaho. This reminds me of, you know, Mm -hmm. being on a hike, like all of these different things that you kind of, you get a a visceral sense of. Right. Um, And I think that's the beauty 
of fragrance. It just, it has the power to take you back in time to things that you think that you have forgotten and just drop you right there. It's like this whole visceral body experience. And it's actually, it's one of my favorite things to watch other people experience is when they like, they smell something and there's this like light of recognition, you know, like this smells like my grandmother's house, or this smells like a road trip through the Canyon with the windows down. I mean, I love, I love things like that. When I came up with the newest, the newest collection that we have, which is called our cinders collection. Mm -hmm. So I started with incense. I knew going into particle goods that I wanted to do incense, but it took almost three years to like actually get that to happen. Yeah. And that first line, um, you know, one scent it's called ash. I feel like it, it's a combination of a lot of things, but it really reminded me of when I went to Rome, when I was in Mm. high school and we were touring all of these just beautiful, like Roman basilicas. And there's that, you know, I grew up Catholic. So there's this certain kind of incense smell that I sort of learned to associate with things. And I was like, this, this is what, like, if I could put grief as a smell, mm-hmm. this is what that smells like to me. Mm-hmm. And it was this really cool recognition of being able to, you know, create something that felt like a feeling and a place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to have everything. I was thinking of this. So we've got uh, the freedom movement coming up and, you know, I, it's messaging really is tapping into the more sensual side and like freeing yourself of insecurities of what, how your body moves or what you look like, Mm -hmm. or what kind of gets you, what influences you to feel more free in that sensual summer, sexy, you know, kind of vibe. And I was thinking, I was like, well, gosh, what, what scent do I think of when I think of those words? And I was like thinking about my childhood, the fragrance obsession. Do you remember it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Obsession. That was my mom's fragrance. That was, I'm pretty sure she still has it in her like dusty cabinet. When I knew my mom was going out for a date night, like, you know, there's like a daytime perfume Mm -hmm. and then there's a nighttime perfume. And when she was getting ready and like getting herself dolled up, she would put obsession on and I'm like, that is it. That's the scent. Like I go immediately back to like, if I were to close my eyes, I'm like in the hallway and I can smell it and know my mom and dad are going out. Or Mm -hmm. I know that she is feeling herself. herself. She's feeling (laughs) herself. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, what is that for me? And I honestly, the scent that I'm wearing that is yours is that I have a daytime scent that I use of yours. And I really love yours just because they, I feel like they're non-gender specific, like, and yeah. we'll talk to that a little bit later, but um, I love that actually Jake could wear this mm-hmm. and it would be perfectly normal and fine. And I would smell him like I'm smelling me and be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's good. That is some good shit right there. <laughs> but when I am going out on date nights, I wear this, it puts my, Like if I even putting it on an hour in advance before I go out and before I even have my outfit on, it Mm -hmm. starts to prepare my mind and my body for where I want to go for the rest of the night. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm curious, do you have a scent 
What's your sexy scent? I want to know it. And then you better be wearing it at the freedom moment. <laughs> oh, I think honestly salt in terms of oh. fragrances that I wear, I think yeah. salt is my, that's my go-to scent because I love that it has this sort of like, you know, marine ozonic kind of like watery note in there. And it's very lightly floral. And I say yeah. floral with the like loosest you know, term possible because normally I don't associate floral scents as ones that I would wear. Right. But I love this kind of like effervescent mineral. It's like almost like gin, that sort of like mineral mm. note that's yeah. in there. I don't know. I just feel like it, it works on my body chemistry. I mean, the thing that's cool about fragrance is you can put the same fragrance on two people and it's going to smell totally different. Yes. Nicole, who is our wholesale account manager and also one of my oldest best friends, um, she wears moon a lot. Yeah. And it's like, if you, if I put moon on, I smell like an old dusty, like book at a yard sale. Yeah. Like nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody but it's wants not that. Sexy. Yeah. If you put it on her, it's like all of these other notes come out and it's just, you know, our body chemistry mixes with those ingredients. And so it can smell totally different, which is also cool in and of itself. Right. And I think we yeah. forget that like, we are really the secret ingredient to any fragrance. That's so true. Yeah. Yes. And actually that's such a good point. So when I was sidling Megan <laughs> obsessed with her, the salt, the smell that was coming off of her, it didn't smell the same on me. And I, maybe that's why Mesa ended up being my most, I was like in love with salt because of the way it smelled on her. And mm-hmm. then, but then Mesa just with my own body chemistry, it was like, this is right for me. I think that's so intriguing that exploration. Yeah. And I've heard this talked about like exploring your scent. It's almost like finding the right pair of sunglasses on you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like it's such a journey in finding the one. And that's probably why so many people, once they find it, it's their signature scent. Yep. for such a long time. And it's like, though, it's like my mom's obsession, right? It's like, cause it just is matches them so perfectly and their personality, you yeah. know, which I think is so. So I have to say, I'm curious because I know for me, like if my husband changes any like scented product and doesn't tell me, I'm like, what's happening? What's, yeah. What is this? <laughs> Why do you smell different? This is not okay. <laughs> Do you get really attached to the way that Jake smells? Do you have like certain scents that you're like, don't you ever change this? Like, I love this cologne or I love this body wash or whatever. You know, it's funny. Cause like, I think about, I was really attached to my father's. He was like old spice. Right. And, oh, always. Yeah. um, and so I was super attached to that. But Jake, I mean, honestly, Jake's been wearing the same fragrance since we started dating, like 14 years ago. I love it. Maybe, maybe if he actually listens to one of my podcasts, he'll listen to this one and change his scent. <laughs> hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's right? true. You know? Um, I wore I wore CK1. Oh CK1. And it worked just fine. Just fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I, mm. and he does, but he doesn't often. It's like when he does wear it, I'm like, oh, this is a special night. Hello. Like he doesn't wear it often, you know, Um, but that is interesting just when you get into like the neuroscience of smell and our own smells, because we each have our own smell, right? Like I was sort of reading about how, you know, how powerful smell is 
you know, even going back to like babies and their attachment Mm. to their mothers, it's the first scent that they smell and that it instantly attaches them to a person. And so Jake, I am attached to his smell. It's like when you put on your husband's or your person's clothes and it's like, oh, this smells like Jake, Mm -hmm. you know, or whomever it is that. So any, any difference from that, it's like, Mm, you know, like when it's sweaty and I'm like, Ooh, this does not smell like you, you know? Um, I love that scent really forges that kind of connection point in the brain, you know? Yes. And it can be, it can take one time to do that. Yes. It's really incredible the way that our, our memory center and scent can work together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was even, um, you know, sort of as we, talk to, um, candles or scents as stereotypes. Like, have we sort of formed this gender stereotype over who can wear what, who, who has owned a candle? Who can, can you buy a candle for a man? I don't know. Like do men buy candles? It was interesting as I was reading this just about, um, how scent is, tied well I was talking about like you know how men ended up like white collar workers had this idea of being strong and sharp and so the scents that they went to were more masculine based or what they associated with mm-hmm. those buzzwords and those yep. feelings of like mustering up how you wanted to come off to the world and women at that same time period they tended their home and it was like hearth and home and floral arranging and you know baking and those smells of food and you know all, all the smells of the kitchen and that's yeah. sort of how we ended up with women wear floral scents or they tend to Yankee candle pumpkin pie or whatever it is. Did you just say the bad word? (laughs) I'm going to bleep that out. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh my God. I think you should. You just bleep out the the candle. (laughs) That's totally it. And then that's how we end up here because you know, even in preparation for this podcast, I was asking you, and I put this on my social media, of, has anyone purchased a candle for a man? <laughs> Have you purchased a candle for yourself? And it was actually there. I was, I don't know if I was surprised or surprised or pleasantly surprised that women had, because I think it was like almost, almost 50% of people. And I was like, that is really cool. But I was talking to you just in where you um, sell your candles Mm -hmm. and our candles in men's stores. What have you learned just from, you know, as you market yourself or as you, you know, the stores that you want to be in and the places that you want to be in, what have you learned about that whole world? How candles or scents are stereotyped Mm -hmm. into men's and women's. And yeah, I think I have to kind of like go back a little bit. Yes, please. I really knew that I was going to be in fragrance. But when I, I remember when, when Calvin Klein CK1 came yeah. out and I was in like, I think I was in middle school and I smelled it and I was like, oh my, like I'm allowed to wear this because it was like the first time that I smelled something that I thought this is what I want to smell it. Right. And it was just that a lot of the fragrances being marketed to young women are not the fragrances that I felt my authentic self in. Yes. They gave me a headache or they just felt too strong or they felt, you know, 
overly this or overly that. It just like, it didn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. And I love, I didn't know at the time that really that was kind of a breakout fragrance. That was like the first fragrance that was marketed within the last hundred years as a unisex fragrance. So yeah. it was marketed to everyone. Right. And like mostly scent has been gendered within the last you know century. Yeah. I think that before that we had kings and emperors and all of these, you know, very wealthy men who were spending an ungodly amount of their riches on rare flowers and things to be created into their signature perfume. And I think like, well, how cool is that? You know, like some emperor wanted to smell like roses and he spent all of his time and energy trying to find the rarest rose to smell like. And so I think we look now at the way that culture has shifted and we have this hugely diverse, you know, gender expression, this like amazing genderful world and the scents that are out there are still being marketed in a way that is very largely gender binary. Yeah. And it just like, it's sort of, I'm just kind of dumbfounded by it because there are so many scents that get pushed into one category or another. And it's like, how do you gender the scent of a lemon? Right. That's so, yes. It's it's just sort of ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that because scent is so deeply personal, it's impossible to think that scent is going to specifically appeal to men or specifically appeal to women or specifically appear to someone who is gender non-conforming. I mean, I think we all want to just smell the way that we see ourselves and we want to be seen and smelled, if you will, for that same level of authenticity and expression. So, you know, when I was creating Particle as someone who tends to fall outside of the sort of like traditionally marketed feminine smells, I knew that like, that was just for me, a really Mm -hmm. hard product to find. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes my husband and I love the same scent. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are we just, are we just going to be that weird couple that sells the same We're just like a unit, you know, it's like, there's, there's Chris in London. They're going to smell exactly the same. (laughs) And I was like, there's something to this, you know, I think like the fact that he, he doesn't even think about like, well, is this a scent for dudes? It's like, he just wants to smell good and he likes whatever that smell is. So that was something that I really took into consideration with how we named the scents. I wanted people to have a feeling And I wanted it to take them to that feeling or to a place that just made them feel joy and happiness and acceptance and love, right? Some of that was like, okay, we're going to think about packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to think about how we market things like, you know, trying really hard not to use like the terms masculine and feminine. Oh, this is, this is something that men love or what it's like, this is something that works on everybody. It's my favorite thing to see is just like, do you find a scent that resonates with you and that you feel really seen in? Great. Well, I'll just have to say too, like you are so brilliant in how you have branded it and marketed it because, I mean, even just from the sense of like, you almost give a blank canvas, a landscape can be a blank canvas, right? Yeah. Like, but I, I love that in your pictures and in the places that you take us, we're all already forming how that smells for us mm-hmm. based on how we see that landscape. That feels very spicy to me, or that feels... Yeah you know, very adventurous or it feels very calming and soothing or whatever that is. And it's funny how when we see a place, it's being 
how we're feeling is drawn from where we've been or, you know, and it's bringing up emotions and that's automatically forming how we're receiving that scent. You know, we're kind of filling in those blanks and you use black, you know, which is so great. Like you're not using colors that speak to, you know, pink is, this is a, Mm -hmm. you know, or like florally colors or whatever. It's just so, it's so perfectly designed and thought of very thoughtful. Yeah. I wanted it to feel both modern and classic. And like, I, as if you know me in real life, like I am I am someone who wears like black you every do. day. It's like I have long sleeve black, short In fact, black. Like she is black. wearing black today, confirming she is true to her word. <laughs> and I think it's so funny because even with all of that, like deep intentionality around how we, you know, put together the packaging and the products, we've still had a really hard time getting into like men's boutiques, for example. Yeah. And I don't, I don't quite understand I... it. It's something we're still like, we're working on, but yeah. like it has been a little more challenging than I, than I thought it would be. And it's not because they don't carry scented products. Mm -hmm. They do. And honestly, so many of my best customers are men, my friend's husband who like, I don't think that he's someone who would go to the store in search of a candle, but he buys, I mean, literally like handfuls of our candles at a time because he goes through them so quickly. My husband has to be burning a candle like at all times but he's not going to like go to target and smell all of the candles and try to pick. Right. I don't know if it's something, I think that like the scent aspect is absolutely universal. We Mm -hmm. all want our space to smell good. We all want our bodies to smell good, but I think sometimes the entry point of how to get Mm -hmm. to that has so largely been conditioned within our culture that like, we just like, I think sometimes men just don't think like, Oh, I should get a candle for my space. I'm glad that you're in a space to break that. And when we're in person, when we do markets and when we do, you know, big shows, like I'm always so thrilled when, you know, men come up to the table to smell things because usually they're the ones that are like, Hey, Hey, come smell this, come smell this. And they like all, they like the whole range. Yeah. So to me, that's really exciting to see. So I think we're seeing a shift there, but yeah, largely, especially when I got into working with scent, like just taking perfumery classes. We were yeah. a lot of conversations about how ingredients are often very gendered. It's just, it's very annoying. Yes. Can we um, just like break this mold, you know? Break the mold. <laughs> well, you're onto something. And so I look forward to seeing and watching you do that. Did you see sales spike a little bit from during the pandemic where people were like, oh my gosh, give me something that's calming and like wonderful <laughs> or in the sense of really needing something to calm our minds and still our bodies and center ourselves. That is oftentimes from a cue, just from your husband, like burning Mm -hmm. candles and like setting the scene of the house to feel a certain way. I was telling someone how I like turn off all the lights. Most, and a lot of people do this, like at the end of a day, in order to close down your space and transition Mm -hmm. into an evening, like, okay, we're calming down. Mm -hmm. All the lights go off. And oftentimes people burn a candle. Do you have, did you see any rise in sales out of that whole (laughs) uncertain frenzy? (laughs) We did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the folks who had been buying from us in person, you know, because we really hadn't focused on online sales until the pandemic hit. And then it was like, yeah, oh, yeah now we have huh. to, and we have to figure right. out how to sell something that you can't smell through the computer, Totally, which was also a challenge, but we definitely saw a need for that. And so yeah. there was a 
there was a period of time kind of over last summer where I had to figure out, okay, how do we help people get what they need, which is something to help them feel better about this space that they're now sort of stuck in all the time that they want mm-hmm. to smell nice. So we, we created first the discovery sets, which are small, like a tea light size sample of candle. And then just the small little um, sample sizes of wearable fragrances. So you could try a couple at a much lower mm-hmm. and decide if you like it. So that, that was a huge increase when we launched those. And then about a month and a half later was when I launched the incense. And I think honestly, it was both timing and a lot of talking about the process of how I had created the incense, which was just that I sat down to write the descriptions for the incense the night before, as you do. <laughs> sure, I was like, of course, as you do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh I kind of like, kind of, I kind of worked some shit out while yeah. I was doing this. This yeah. was like, this is very personal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, each scent is like very deeply personal. And so I wrote a little bit about that kind of cycle that I was exploring and investigating through yeah. scent. And I think that really resonated with people because there was a lot of feelings of loss and grief and just mm. like reflection over the last year. So I think people were really looking for a way to feel like their space smelled good, but they also got to be connected. Absolutely. I want to talk about Pike and then I want to move into a different question just about, we usually do a post process, which talks to a post that you wrote, but I scrapped that for you because I found an article and I kind of wanted to ask you some more thoughts on an excerpt from an article that I found that you, you wrote about, but first, can you tell us, so we're in summer now and you're at the famed Pike Place Market. You're selling there now. How has that been for you? I know that was like, uh, I mean, it is a big deal when we talked about it last year I mean, that just tells you how far in advance it was in the works. Um, But now you're there. And how does that feel? How's it going? (laughs) I think that's so cool. So Pike Place Market is, I think it's one of the longest running farmer's markets in the U.S. But it also is kind of unique in that it has this huge array of crafters. We're talking hundreds of people. And some of them have, they've been there for 20 to 30 years. They put their kids through college. And I remember I moved to, I moved to Seattle when I was eight yeah. and I remember every year on my birthday, we got to choose like, what do you want to do? And I would always go to Pike. I just wanted to go to Pike place market. I just thought it was it's a destination. so cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't really explain it or like put mm-hmm. my finger on why I liked it. I think mm-hmm. looking back, it was my first kind of glimpse into this idea that like you can make things and mm-hmm. that can be your body of work. Like that can yeah. be your career. Yep. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So when I moved back to Seattle in my mid twenties, you know, I wasn't really like, I wasn't thinking about it. And then I started doing particle and I had a friend still down there. She sells jewelry. Um, and I was an agent for her, which was just like someone who kind of came and helped run her booth. And I loved it. It was like, Oh, this is exactly what I remember from being eight years old and just like seeing all of these different people and all of this like beautiful, like craftsmanship. And so it was really not just a year in the making. I actually applied in 2018. Holy cow. (laughs) 
So it's kind of a long process. You know, they screen people in and it just really, it depends on how many people are applying, but scented goods can be kind of tricky. And so it took yeah. a little while, it took a lot of persistence yeah. um, to get in there. And I got screened in, in February, which is like, you come and you show everything that you make. They have a lot of really high standards about like how much of it is handmade and how, how much your hands are on the process. So, you know, it's not something where you can manufacture something in China and come sell it. Like you have to physically make it as the artist. So it did take a really long time and it feels kind of like this small, like childhood dream fulfilled it's to be there, so which is really cool. cute. It's very yes. like full circle, but it's going really well. So part of our team growing was helping have more people down there because obviously I can't be there every single day. Right. Um, but yeah, we've, we've gotten to meet some really incredible people and we're going to be there. I mean, we'll be there year round, but the summer is really the yes. busy season. Oh so my goodness. if you are Absolutely. in Seattle, you can come and find us usually Thursday through Monday. Yeah. When we will be there. Well, we've got listeners from all over and Seattle is a destination Mm -hmm. for people visiting the beautiful Pacific Northwest. So if you do come to Seattle, actually, if you do come to Seattle, I don't know of anyone who ever visits Seattle and doesn't go to Pike Place Market. It is absolutely like a destination to go to. Go visit London and her booth there. That is so cool. I'm so excited for you. And actually just listening to you talk about the standards, I didn't realize I'm pleasantly impressed. I think that that's so cool that they have such rigorous standard, even from, you know, a making perspective. I think that that's awesome. I remember my first time going there, it was like, whoa, (laughs) like the rows and rows. I mean, like the longest hallway ever of makers and sellers and just, it's so bustling. It's such a cool experience. So, I mean, dream come true for you, girl. That is awesome. Well, okay. I'm going to ask you something. I was reading an article and as we like wrap up a little bit, you did an interview with Comeback Magazine and I read it. This was in 2019. And one of the things that you said, which I wanted to get a little bit more thoughts on was, (laughs) quote, I slowed way down and created a lot of white space that felt deeply uncomfortable, but transformative. I learned how to meditate using incense and scented candles to trigger a calmer response in my body. I felt a deep connection to the ritual of using candles. And we've talked about rituals in that sense. And, you know, we're going to have a bonus episode that sort of talks to us and how hard that is for vulnerability sake being, you know, quieting our body, which rituals do and, positioning us more into a more vulnerable space and place. But for this one, I really wanted to ask you as an eight, we're sort of like all in, we're, (laughs) we're all in. It's like go big or go home. Or just don't go at all. Or don't go at all. Yeah. (laughs) Or just don't go at all. There's no halfway. And we tend to be very high, highly productive, can never stop. We're just, Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just talking about how many ideas we have that never actually come to fruition because Mm -hmm. like, we don't have a job, you know, just as it relates to your business, Mm -hmm. do you consider yourself a workaholic or have unhealthy tendencies in regards to productivity? (laughs) Because I know I do. (laughs) So I, mean, I, was, I think my laugh is giving away. I know. 
Because when you think like, I remember my rituals being a really my ritual was for me to use a discipline to say, Amy, sit down because sitting down is really hard for me to do. Reading a book is like a chore for me. I'd much rather be listening to an audible that I can be doing stuff at the same time mm-hmm. because I can't slow down. Like, and, and I've been working through my own process, my own stuff related to productivity and how yeah. that is. And I know I have unhealthy tendencies and that doesn't even just go to career work that goes to any work, just being productive in general. Like yeah. I could have panic attacks from not being that. And so I'm just curious, you making, producing a, a candle, which is a movement to force your body to have this uncomfortable but transformative white space. How does that look mm. in your world? And do you have white space now that you build in? Oh, that's a great question. I I definitely resonate with you in being, you know, very, like I, I would say, especially at that time in, in 2017, it was sort of, like I said, that realization of like, mm. how did I get to this place of just like utter burnout? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I have, I have tied my sense of self-worth to, mm. you know, self-sacrifice and to what I produce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm constantly worried about making sure that everybody else is happy And usually what that means is that I'm putting their needs before my own. Yeah. So I used this kind of like, you know, example when I was explaining it to someone where it was like, yeah, so what happened is I basically slid myself down the bench to make room for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was off the bench and I was in this place of like desperate vulnerability. I mean, just like physically I was in need of care and attention and it was really, really scary for me. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a moment where I realized all of those people that I have made all of this room for, they still don't have the capacity to make that room for me. Mm-hmm. And so guess what? If I don't figure out how to make that room, yeah. no one else is going to, and I'm going to be off the bench and I'm going to be sick and I'm going to be depressed and I'm going to be anxious for the rest of my life, which yeah. is like, <laughs> it's kind of a like spiral moment, right? It's totally. like, oh my God, like. Yeah. What do we do? But I think a lot of those tendencies for me were very much like survival mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for a while they might be useful. And I was realizing at that point, like, this is actually causing me harm. Right. And the only way to unharm yourself is often by getting really uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I started going to therapy and I am still in therapy all these years later. And a lot of that has been, I think, the work that I needed to do to really look at how those behaviors were not serving me. So when I had my old business, I was working, you know, seven days a week almost. Yeah. I didn't have help because I felt like I either couldn't afford it or I couldn't trust someone to do it the way that I would do it. I'm sure you don't know anything about how that feels. (laughs) Trust issues? No. (laughs) I trust everyone to do my own work. That's giving me, I literally have hives. (laughs) So when I started Particle, it was like, okay, I need this to be like in in practical thinking. I need this to be a business and a product that I can have realistically can have because I can't do it all. And so even last year, I kind of like, I kind of started leaning to those old tendencies. Again, it got a little bit to the point where like I was being too hard on my body. Mm -hmm. My husband kind of sat me down at the end of the year and was like, I just want to remind you that like you can file bankruptcy, but you can't file bankruptcy on your body. 
I know you're really worried about just making sure your business survives, but I'm worried about you I'm worried yeah. about your body. Yeah. So part of getting the studio was also just like being able to have the space to set things up where I'm not working every single day. I can hand things off to other people. And honestly, it's been a really rewarding experience. I think I'm still working a little bit more than I would like to be. Mm-hmm. I would like more white space. Um, but some of that is just this kind of like growing pains that we're mm-hmm. in that I think is a little bit normal. Yeah. And I have a lot of wonderful people like you and many others who have, you know, checked in on me and made sure that I'm mm-hmm. keeping up with taking care of myself. Yeah. It's good. It's good to have other people check in. Well, and I think it's us. good to remember you know what I mean? that like, yeah. you don't just go through that one time, right? Like this right. is going to be a lifelong struggle. Like, yep. It's not like, oh, I made white space once four years ago and I'm good. It's right. Like, you gotta, you gotta need the bread every day. So. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I know speaking to my own experience and just knowing your experience that it's so good to have people that can offer a sound perspective, a different mm-hmm. perspective than ours. Cause oftentimes we don't see that perspective. And so we kind of need someone to grab us by the shoulders and and be like, are you okay? But what are you doing to make sure that you're okay? Where are you giving yourself that space? That's so good. And yeah, you're right. One of those big pivotal times for you was how you ended up here with particle, but now it doesn't ever go away. Right. You can, you can still end up back there, right? Right. You can still run yourself into the ground. Right. It's a constant sort of check-in of could, could I be doing this better? I.e. could I be doing less, right? Yes. Yes. Well, what I just heard you say is you want us all to check in on you and your DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Slide right into it. Are you doing okay? And my response would probably be like, I'm fine. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, how are you? Mine, yeah. <laughs> <hanging> in. <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly, exactly. Well, you know how much I love you. And I have actually gone from stalker status to friend status. So I'm yeah. totally, I'm totally cool. I, I'm just so grateful. You have been just an amazing contributor, collaborator, therapy person, <laughs> and accountability person, just in how we are sort of wired very similarly. And mm-hmm. um, I'm so always so grateful for your partnership, doing fun things with social creative, and just I completely admire and have so much to learn from you as you go through your your own learning process with your own brand and your own work story. Um, so thank you so much for teaching me a lot. And I'm going I'm to start trusting people, I think, because you're doing it so well. <laughs> Well, thank you for being my like hype girl. Always there. Just like, have you smelled this? It's yes. Amazing. She's amazing. Oh like, my gosh. That's yes. also, you know, I don't know for you, I'm very deeply uncomfortable with compliments. So I'm over yeah. here like, thank you. <laughs> well, I think it. most people who know me through social creative or anywhere know that I am a firm 
I believe in vetting. And if I love it, I'm pretty sure. And if I talk big about it, it's because I love it so much. And I think that you will too. So here I am, I'm on this podcast and I'm talking big about this girl. So come to Pike, buy it. She ships everywhere. So check her out and we're going to have a little tiny side episode, which is a little bonus because both London and I are eights on the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. although we have different wings, which, which we were kind of discussing is it does separate us a little bit. Um, so our, there are some differentiators there. So I look forward to seeing you at freedom movement, talking a little bit more about the power of scent and how that influences our bodies. And just thank you so much, London, for being on. Wow. What a gift that was. What a gift that was to me. And I hope it was a gift for you. You've heard heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. Stories are the most impactful way that we can learn. I'm a true believer in that. Hearing someone share their stories of how they've persevered through their trials and how they have celebrated their victories, how they've gotten through the pain points, how they've had to face deep struggles and vulnerabilities and be able to come out on the other side is always so rich to me. And I learn something from everybody. And it's interesting because... I talk to these people on podcasts and I know a little bit about their story and I know London's story. I've had her on before, but being able to hear her just speak more eloquently to how she went through these health crises and also the mental drag it had on her and how she changed it by learning something and how she wanted to proceed forward. And maybe you're the same, maybe a candle or a fragrance cone, or a scent helps you through the grieving process, or it helps you celebrate something. It has the power to draw out feelings or give a sense of comfort. If you want to learn more about Particle Goods or purchase one of her fragrances, you can check her out at ParticleGoods.com or on Instagram at ParticleGoods. She's also at many retailers all over the U.S., And don't forget, she's also at Pike Place Market. And if you do happen to be in Seattle on August 10, I cannot encourage enough to come meet her in person and hear more about fragrance at Social Creative Workshop's Freedom Movement. You can find out more at www.wearesocialcreative.com. Thanks again, guys. And thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. 